Oh, hey. Didn't see you over there. What? I'm recording a podcast. Yeah. Oh, what's it called? Meet My Mess. Yeah. You should check it out sometime. Oh, you want my number? Oh, no, sorry. I don't give it out to strangers. <laughs> yeah, but you can listen to my podcast, though. All right. Stay golden. All right. <laughs> that was so stupid. Hi, guys. My name is Carissa. Um, welcome to my podcast. This is so exciting. If you're listening to this, you're probably one of my best friends. You're probably my ex-boyfriend. You're probably one of my stalkers. You're probably my mom. Or, or you're a disaster just like me. So like I said, hey, my name's Carissa, and welcome to Meet My Mess podcast. I'm so fucking stoked to go on this journey with all of you guys. Um, Just a little bit about me. I'm 21 years old. I'm from Canada. I'm ginger. I'm a college student, and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing with my life. Before we get started, I just want to preface one thing really quick. I am not a counselor. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a mental health guru. I'm just a girl who's been through some shit, and I'm ready to have an open fucking conversation about it. So with that being said, let's go. I need to add music here once I find some stuff I like. Yeah. Okay, so our first segment is called What a Whack Week. So in this segment, I'll talk about something crazy that's happened in my week, whether it was something kind of emotional, whether it was uh, something to do with dating, whether it was like just a funny story, just a little update on what's going on in my life. So this What a Whack Week moment is going to have to do with seeing your ex-boyfriends in your small ass town you were born. So let's get this out of the way right now. I smoke a lot of weed. And yesterday, oh, it was not yesterday. It was like two days ago, three days ago. Sitting outside, long ass day. I was just ready to smoke my bowl out of my nice crystal pipe. I'm not even really like into crystals or anything like that, but don't at me, sorry. Um, but I really just like how my rose quartz pipe looks and how it makes me feel when I smoke out of it. So, um, anyways, I was smoking a bowl outside of my house and I was like, okay, wait, fuck. First, I should preface that there is this trailer that lives across the street from me in this parking lot. It is just a trailer. It's disgusting it is rusty it looks like it is straight out of breaking bad like they cook meth in this trailer and it is parked right in the middle of my town and every day I look at it and I'm like that thing is just such a fucking eyesore like who just oh I'm not even I'm, I'm a pretty chill person this stuff doesn't usually bother me but I'm like that thing's so ugly anyways 
So I'm sitting outside, and this trailer decides to migrate from its beautiful home across the street in the parking lot of the high school I attended. And it moved right outside my front door, right outside my front door. So I look out there, and I was like, I was sitting outside smoking my bowl. And, you know, it was like probably the least peaceful bowl I have ever smoked in my entire life. Because this fucking trailer's sitting there. And then there's this car parked behind it, and I was like... It was parked in a fire hydrant zone, so I was like, well, these guys obviously aren't staying here long. It was two guys sitting in the car discussing. I couldn't see in because it was foggy, um, but yeah, they were sitting in the car talking, and I was like, what are these guys doing just sitting here, like, waiting to um, take part in a drug deal, waiting to pick someone up I don't know but I was just kind of sitting there looking and meanwhile just just to uh let you guys know I was in my Adidas tearaway pants my pink puffy robe and my slippers so I'm sitting there and I see this I'm looking at this uh pair of people and they get out of the car and all of a sudden I was like wow that looks a lot like my ex-boyfriend like my first boyfriend we dated in high school, um, I won't even give him a name because we probably won't really revisit that relationship other than at this time. But um, yeah, so we we're sitting there and these two people get out of the car and it's my ex-boyfriend and his father. And they both kind of, the dad kind of looks at me like straight away, like he knows who the fuck I am. But my ex-boyfriend avoids all eye contact. Considering he was sitting there for 10 minutes, I'm sure he noticed that I was sitting outside because I had moved houses since, we've, uh, since we broke up, just to uh, preface that. And um, all of a sudden, he gets into this fucking meth, <laughs> meth head trailer. I hear... The loudest fuck. It was so fucking loud. Anyways, my ex-boyfriend hops into this trailer and drives on away. I did not know what to think. Um, I don't really have much to comment on the situation. We dated when I was 16. Who all my friends who I told this to were kind of like, don't you think it's a little weird that he was parked outside of your house? Which honestly didn't even cross my mind. But now that I think about that, it, it is a little weird. But anyways, I guess he's been, I don't know if he just like owns this trailer and parks it there or if he lives in this trailer. But yeah, it's his. It's his. So I'm so glad that I didn't like, my brother didn't go knocking on the trailer and trying to fucking confront the guy because that would have been really awkward considering I broke his heart. Yeah, I don't know. Fucking crazy, ladies. If you think that your ex is um, shit and that you're embarrassed by the guys you used to date and you're embarrassed to tell your friends about the guys you used to date, mine lives in a trailer now in the parking lot that I went to high school in. He's probably going to hear about this, and my life's going to go to shit, but whatever. <sighs> okay. On to our next segment, which is our messy moment. 
messy moment will probably be our only like reoccurring segment on the show. Um, it is where we talk, like it will be the main focus. So we talk about whatever our messy moment is for the week. And the messy moment for this week is my entire life. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But um, I do want to give you guys a little synopsis on who I am and kind of like why I started this podcast, why I think that like, I don't know, just so you know who I am. I don't know. If you're going to listen to my podcast, you should probably know who you're listening to, I guess. So, and kind of like, you can maybe better understand why I've decided to start this podcast and share my trauma with the world and um, hopefully help other people. I need to stop burping into this microphone. This is really fucking gross. I got to edit that out. <laughs> Media and audio and editing, it's not my feelings. I'm just a normal girl from Canada who's not on TV, who's not famous, who's not any of that. She's just a normal girl in her bed with her dog. Yeah. All right, well, hopefully you guys enjoyed that. I don't know where that came from. I kind of just blocked right the fuck out, but... Anyways, our messy moment for the week, my life. Here we go. Let's dive in. So I grew up, like I said, here in Canada. I've said that so many times now, but yeah, um, I grew up with a single mom. She had me at the age I am right now. She had me at 21 years old. Um, She has been the greatest mother to me. She has been there for me through everything. She's been my greatest support. I know I can always depend on her and always call her, but, like, childhood was hard. Like, um, we didn't have, like, a crazy amount of money. Like, we grew up, she had me at 21, you know. Um, But life was good when I was with my mom. Like, that was when I was happy. Um, But I spent the other half of my time with my father, who is a severe alcoholic. Um... And that's hard. I'll probably go into that in another episode, maybe with my younger brother. We can talk about it. But um, yeah, if any of you have grown up with an alcoholic, you'll know that it's really scary. One day you will have the loving family member who cares about you, who loves you, who hugs you, who kisses you, who takes care of you. And the next day, You will have a completely different person who talks down to you, who scares you, who isn't there for you, who, and it really, really makes it hard to trust when you're constantly getting someone different every day. But anyways, because of that, a lot of the responsibility of a parent kind of fell onto me as a child. Like when my dad would sleep until 4 p.m., I would have to wake my brother up. I would have to feed him. I would have to make sure he had a shower, I would have to make sure he did all this, all that, and uh, yeah, my mom had no idea any of this was going on, because they divorced when I was four, and I, it was always my, in my mind, I never wanted her to know, because I never wanted her to worry, and I was like, well, this is the situation we're in, we're gonna make the best of it, and you know, I'll take care of my brother, and that'll be that, you know, it's, it's my job, um, but anyways, 
Um, so on top of all the shit that was going on, I know that got really dark for a second and I promise it won't always be that dark, but I think it is like, that's my goal of the podcast is to talk about the things that everyone else is too afraid to talk about. So I was in about sixth grade when all of this was kind of really kicking off. So I was chubby. I was ginger. I was in elementary school. I was always the duff of the group. I had so many hot friends. Life wasn't easy, you know? My teeth were fucked. I had, when when I say fucked, like one tooth was on top of the other, and then one of my canine teeth was like up in my gums, past where you could see. I had a bob that was done at Great Clips. I don't know if they have Great Clips in another country other than Canada, but I don't know. It's like the cheapest fucking place you can get a haircut. But... Even though I had all these kind of things going against me, I had a couple things going for me too, you know? Like I had really big knockers, um, which all of the men loved. I remember one time they spray-painted Carissa Harris and has big tits on the skate park, and my brother had a fucking fit. Fair enough. Um, I was really 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 embarrassed but I was also like yeah well I do have big tits like thank you for noticing (laughs) (laughs) degrading but true um yeah and like I said I was the duff but you know I'm one to always look on the positive side of things and since I was the duff I had a lot of hot friends so that meant that I got to hang around all the hot boys and when they did not want my hot friends they can come crawling back to me, come crawling back to mama. Or, or, or I had the option of being with the ugly friend of the hot boys. I remember this one time we were sitting outside of the community center in my hometown. I guess I can be more specific of where I'm from. So I am from Langley, British Columbia, Canada. And we would hang outside of the community center if anyone knows anything about like the suburbs of Canada like there's like really not that much to do you just kind of like hang out in fields and drink and walk around town looking for people you know um anyways so I was sitting outside of this community center and we were hanging out with some of the skateboard boys who were like if you hung out with the skateboard boys, like, you were in. If you had to date one of the hottest skateboard boys, like, you were set for the rest of your high school career. All the men wanted you. But this did not happen to me. I did not get lucky enough to date one of the prestigious skate park boys. We were hanging outside of this community center. Carissa, get to the fucking story. You were outside of the community center. We know you were outside of the community center. What happened? into the community center, Carissa. Well, I'm about to tell you. We were outside, and it's a group of us, probably like 13, 14 of us. We were about sixth grade. (sighs) Co-ed group. We're all hanging around. One of the uglier skateboard boys goes. Oh, my mom's coming through. She knows I'm recording right now, and I can tell that she's outside of my door listening. Hi, Mom. (laughs) She heard me. Now she's gone. Um, But yeah, we're outside, and the guy goes, put up your hand. 
if you think that Carissa is the ugliest girl here. Everyone kind of just looks around. My face is obviously be fucking red at this point because I'm so embarrassed, obviously. That's so embarrassing. I'm looking around. And about six of the boys uh, shyly kind of half put their hands up because they're too pussy to even fucking admit that they think I'm the ugliest girl. Like, if you're going to do it, just fucking put it up. Put your hands straight up and say, me. I think she's the most unattractive girl here. Don't go fucking halfway. Thinking, oh, maybe she's the most unattractive girl here. No, I'd rather you be sure so I can tell you the fuck off. Anyways, they kind of half put their hands up, and then there was, like, three of them that didn't put their hands up because they were like, oh, like, I'm not going to do that because that's actually fucking mean. I have morals. I'm not going to put my hand up. They had good mothers. They had someone teach them manners. And all the girls around there were kind of, like, looking at each other, like, ooh, thank God that's not me. Like, that's so shitty for Carissa. But then there was, like, obviously a couple that were, like, shut the fuck up. Like, some good-ass friends. But anyways, yeah, that's a really sad story, it sounds like. Um, but, you know, girls, it always comes fucking full circle. We all, we all know that by now. That same guy that was asking everyone who thought I was the ugliest one there was in my DMs last month. So... I really don't feel that bad about it. You know, it gave me my glistening personality. It gave me thick skin. It made me not trust men, which is honestly a blessing because I could be in a really shitty relationship now with a really shitty man, but I'm not. I spend every day for myself. Anyways, who cares? Moving on. I grew up a very competitive dancer, which was amazing. It was probably the only thing that saved me because I loved it so much. It was a passion. It was the one place that I could go and be creative and be active and be in a community. Um, it was really my saving grace, but at the same time, it did um, come with some body image issues. I ended up being bulimic. I was, which is honestly pretty hard for me to talk about because, like, even still now, I really do struggle with, um, like, body dysmorphia and really knowing, like, you know, when you have body dysmorphia, some days you think that you look like you are completely obese and then the next day you look like you are in the mirror and you think that you were freaking tiny, you know? It's, I don't know, some people kind of, like, will look at me and think, like, oh, that's, like, a body type I would love, but you know, I think that about other people, so I don't know. I think it's important that we talk about these things, but yeah. Um, I'm sure this happens in any kind of sport or active thing, but I had a lot of people in my life like kind of telling me and showing me how to train my body so that I would be smaller, you know, like I had dance teacher snatch food out of my hands telling me like that is not the food you want to eat if you want to be a winner like that is not what you should be eating I had dance teachers write what size they thought I was in clothing on the board in front of 40 to 50 students for them to see they wrote on the board that they thought I was an extra large when at that time I was a medium 
Um, not that it matters what size I was then, but the fact that I was in a room with a bunch of ballerinas and I just happened to be the biggest girl in a size medium, they took that and they were like, this is the largest girl in the class, so we're going to put her as an extra large, make her feel... And I'm sure, like, I don't know, I can't say that if these were anyone else's intentions, like, I can't speak for anyone else's um, thoughts or intentions, but from how it felt, it felt like they were showing me that I was the biggest girl in the class, not trying to, like, I don't really understand why they would feel the need to write anyone's size on the board, like, what is that accomplishing, but... I'll probably go more into depth on that, but this, again, this is just kind of like a synopsis of what I have been through, and um, yeah, just to give you guys a little introduction, just a little snippet, just a little salt and pepper, just a little flavor of what's going on in my life. Okay. Um, as for my dating life, jeez, it's been a whirlwind. Um, I've lived with a boyfriend before. Um, it ended up being a really toxic relationship. It was my first love. We, uh, I don't know, it was one of those relationships that things just kind of happened too young. He wasn't ready to settle down. He kind of coerced me into having a threesome that I was not ready to have. I did not want to have it, but it was basically one of those situations where um, he was like, either we do this together or we break up so I can do this alone. Like, basically, I need to get my dick in some different pussy um, so you can do it with or without me, okay? That was the situation I was in. Again... We will go into that into detail in another episode because I feel like that's actually a situation a lot of girls end up in, and uh, I can definitely speak from experience on that one. Honestly, like, and it's embarrassing. At the time, it was embarrassing. Like, probably a lot of my closest girlfriends are going to listen to this and th- say, like, I had no idea why that. That's why she broke up with that man because I didn't tell anyone. It was really, really embarrassing. I think, like, my mom knew and maybe, like, one of one or two of my best friends. Um, yeah. But anyways, like any logical girl would do, after I got out of this relationship, I moved to France. <laughs> yeah, I literally, two weeks later, this happened. No, it wasn't even two weeks. Literally, this happened on a Friday, and by the Monday, I was on a plane to the south of France. I enrolled in a school there. I um, got there, was living my life, was living on the beach. I was loving every single second of it. It was all good. Um, And then I met what I thought was the man of my dreams. He was French. He had an accent. He was a restaurateur slash chef. He was rolling in dough. He was taking me to Spain on weekend trips. He was absolutely obsessed with me. He literally, I've never, I still don't know if I will ever meet a man that treated me as good as this guy, but anyways. Um, he also 
grew up in the ghetto, had a brother who went to prison, used to sell weed, but he was reformed, you know, he has like changed, he changed. And for me, my little, my little traumatized heart, I was like, oh my God, that makes me so wet. You used to live in the ghetto, you used to be into trouble and now you're all good. Like, I love that. I love that. Um, but eventually small little things started to come out that made me realize like, hmm, Maybe this ghetto life he used to live is not so far in the past as I thought it would be, you know? Like, I don't know. <sighs> the monetary value of cocaine started being a regular conversation. He showed me the bullet wound on his leg. I saw a scar on his chest. I said, what's that? He said, that is my initials. My father carved them into me. Um... He got stabbed while we were out for dinner. But, you know, at the time, like, none of that really clicked in as a red flag for me. I thought, um, you know, like, he's just bad. He used to live in the ghetto. That's what he used to be like. But now he's changed. Idiot. So after our romantic few month love story it was about a month and a half. Like, I met him towards the end of my trip. Um, my visa expired. And I had to come home to Canada. And we will call this man. We need to make a name for him. We will call him Mr. Croissant. Mr. Croissant. And he decided, oh, my God, Chris is in Canada. I should go to Canada, too. And I just didn't know how to say no, to be honest. And at the time, I was like, all right, like, I really didn't know what to fucking say. I got myself in way too deep, to be honest. And then I moved home, and I was just, like, looking for a sign. I was, like, hoping for a sign. I was, like, someone somewhere show me, like, should I let this guy move here for me, or should I break this off? Like, I don't know what to do. He treats me great, but there definitely were some red flags, as I had mentioned earlier. But then... The pandemic hit, and he could not come here. It hit really bad in Europe first, so, um, yeah, he could not leave the country. I could not get into the country, and this was definitely, like, the sign I was looking for that, like, okay, you don't know when the fuck this is all going to end. You need to get out of this relationship, so... I tell him, I say, you know, I'm young. We live on opposite sides of the world. Like, I just really don't think that this is going to work out right now. Like, maybe in the future, if we're meant to be, we'll be. But right now, like, sorry, babe. It's not going to happen. And he was like, okay. Like, I understand. You know, at the end of the day, all I want is your happiness. You're young. Like, I understand. I was like, oh, my gosh. Wow. He's just really the best. And then... I get a call, and it was from him. I hadn't heard from him in, like, a week, and I was like, okay. It was from Mr. Croissant. I was like, okay, I'll answer it, because he wouldn't be calling me unless something was really, really wrong, like, if unless, like, something really bad happened. So I answer the phone, and he goes, who have you slept with? But this was in French. To, to preface, he said, j'accouché avec qui? And I said... What? 
why are you calling me? And asked me who I slept with. And he said, you, who did you sleep with? I said, it's not any of your business who I'm sleeping with. And why are you calling me and asking me this so aggressively? And with such a kind of an assertive tone, like he already knew. He didn't say, have you slept with anyone? He said, who did you sleep with? And I said, this is not any of your business. Why are you calling me? He said, you're sleeping with who? And I said, you know, it went back and forth for a while. You know, I'm not going to keep repeating. But then he goes, I have people in Canada. I have connections all over the world. And I know that you've been fucking around since we broke up. So who did you sleep with? And I said, even if I did fucking sleep with anyone, we are not together. We broke up. It is none of your business who I've slept with. And I pressed that hang up button as quick as I possibly could. And then I blocked him on literally everything. I blocked his number. I blocked his email. I blocked his Snapchat and stuff. Because after my last relationship, I was just not going to fuck with any of that. Like, if you're going to sit there and tell me who I can and can't sleep with, no, I do not have any any time for you. So I hung up the phone. And I get a text. And he said, I'm going to drain my blood. And I said, what? And he said, I'm going to drain my blood. If you don't call me back right now, I'm going to kill myself. And I'm going to drain my blood. And that's a lot for a girl to deal with, you know? Like, obviously, I love this boy, but he's saying he's hacked all my shit. He's saying he has people following me. Like, I'm terrified at this point. Like, I'm 21 years old, and this man was nearly in his 30s. So I message back, and I tell him, like, um, I care about him, but he's not acting properly, you know? Actually, I don't even think I did say that. Actually, I don't think I even did message him back. I thought about messaging him back. But I ended up messaging his brother, saying, your brother is, something's wrong with him right now. He's going crazy. He's throwing up. He is saying he's going to drain his blood. I come to find out, like, a week and a half later, he actually had food poisoning and the poisoning, like, worked its way up to his brain and made him have hallucinations and made him go crazy but it didn't really matter to me like so much was coming out about who he actually was and the life he actually lived like he was still way more involved with the drug trade than I had ever um anticipated like than I ever knew so the reason why I bring this up is because I think we've all been in a position where we've dated someone and after been like, wow, that is not the person I thought it was. Or we've been in a position where in the at the bottom of our heart, we know that this isn't the right person for us, but we decide to stay because it's easier than leaving. But I don't know if any of you girls out there or guys need a reminder that each day you spend with someone who doesn't treat you well, who wants different things out of life than you, with someone you know in your gut isn't right for you, is 24 hours you are depriving yourself of. It is 24 hours you are losing the energy to focus on yourself, to evolve and grow. It's hours you could be spending putting into your career, into the things you're passionate about, into your friendships. So if you're looking for a sign that the guy you are with is not the right guy, this is it, 
Because if you are looking for that sign, that is enough to know that this isn't the right person for you. So please don't spend another 24 hours on a whack-ass person that treats you like shit, who's lying to you. You know. You know in the bottom of your heart if he's lying to you. Okay? So, this has been really, really fun. I didn't know that I would enjoy this as much as I have. But I want to thank you all so much for listening to me ramble about my life. I'm so excited about this podcast. It really is a passion project for me. It's really important for me to educate others on um, traumatic life experiences and how to cope with them. So hopefully that we can grow and heal together. If you have any topics you want me to talk about, you can DM me at Carissa Harrison on Instagram or Meet My Mess Podcast on Instagram. Or you can find me on Twitter at Chris M. Laura. Or the podcast Twitter is Meet My Mess Pod. Um, if you enjoyed this podcast at all, please rate me five stars. Um, and tell me what you loved in the reviews. I really am just like a normal ass girl. And this is really, really scary for me to be this vulnerable. Because there is definitely no guarantee that this is going to go well for me. So... If you're going to hate on me, I'd prefer you did it in my Instagram DMs than in the reviews so that at least I can keep securing my bag. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Meet My Mess podcast. I can't wait to go on this journey with you guys. Bye.